welcome to this episode of 10,000 Posts, a show about how everything is posting. My name is Hussein. My name is Phoebe. And this week we are returned uh, once again by our friend, a uh, good friend of the show, also one of the most popular episodes that we did this year. I forgot to tell you guys, uh, so Spotify Wrapped is something that I check every so often uh, just to find out whether I am in the top 5% of Deftones listeners. Uh, I was not this year. I was quite upset by that. But what I did find out was actually our last episode of Massey was the most listened to episode we have done this year. So, wow. first of all, welcome back, Massey Lubchansky. Uh, Hi, I'm honored. <laughs> uh, and if, you know, I'm sorry to hear about your, your Deftones failure, but I, I think next year you just get right back on that well, White Pony. Yeah, I was. <laughs> I, was and, uh, I was actually very much listening to White Pony on my way here. Yeah. I was stuck in traffic um, on the way to the studio, but I am gonna cr- I am gonna correct my ways to uh, to get my five to get in that top five percent again. All of which to say, Matty, thank you so much for coming back on. Um, we wouldn't have you back on uh, to talk about of your many things. Uh, the fact that so 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 Fifi mentioned this in the chat, but you sort of unofficially become like our various Adams correspondent. Um, mm. And so we're gonna ask about two Adams. <laughs> Uh, and just see, just check, just check in, check in on our guys uh, with Adam's uh, surnames. Um, I'm assuming you mean John and John Quincy, the presidents of the oh, United oh, States. Oh, we should be, we should be actually quite specific about that. Um, do we have? Yeah. I don't think I didn't have any John Adams like law on these notes. But do we have anything interesting about John, John Adams? It's really funny that you should say this, say this, Matty, because when we pointed out in the in the chat that you are our Adams correspondent, I was like, okay, so we need a segment on the third Adams. We need to find some find some dirt mm. on John Adams, the second president. And honestly, the guy was so boring. There's nothing. There's nothing to say about him. That like the best, uh, the best, the the uh, the fact fans could come up with is: Did you know that John Adams was the first president to live in the White House? Which would be like, which would be interesting if he was like, I don't know, the 11th president, but he was the second one. <laughs> this does not feel like a good fact. This does not even feel like that big a deal. He kind of had a failed grandson also become president, which is, you know, pretty good. John Quincy Adams. <laughs> wasn't wasn't um, John Quincy Adams one of his sons? Maybe it was his son. Hey, you know what? I don't know or care. Um, I don't think we should have presidents. Don't they, don't they, don't they teach you this stuff? Uh, they Yeah, probably. When I was in, yeah, like, 30 years ago when I learned this. Mm. Uh, I will say the Paul Giamatti John Adams series is not bad. And there's an incredible scene mm. where he walks in on Thomas Jefferson in Paris, in Versailles, I think, <laughs> play, playing chess in a bathtub with a with a naked woman. Which I think is pretty good. Okay. Is that something yeah. that is that something that happened? Has it got any basis in historical fact? I, I mean, it just seems like the sort of thing he would do. <laughs> you know but there is an adams that i wanted to check in on uh mm. scott adams uh who i think the last time we spoke about was when you came on the show uh to talk about well, hey what's up with the dilbert guy um so i once again ask hey what's up with the dilbert guy well he's still sort of doing the same shit like um based on what i read this morning of his twitter account he now seems to sort of be at the forefront of the movement for to secure reparations for white people but not really sort of knowing why um so or, or from who or from whom he he hasn't specified yeah from me who, probably from whom yeah yeah well me specifically you know i you know i i <laughs> it's fine it's fine you know what you know what i know what i did i probably do owe him reparations <laughs> um but he's got a new book out uh well he's self-published a book because penguin random house will no longer publish him probably due to his posts um so he's got a new book out. It's called Reframe Your Brain. Um, and it's another sort of life advice book from Scott Adams. He has written one similar, but it was more about his biography and how he accidentally became, uh, you know, how Dilbert accidentally sort of became like the syndicated comic strip. This time around, though, it's sort of like this self-help. It's framed as this sort of self-help book that you give to someone on Christmas um, if you don't really know what to get them. Um and it is presented. Do you buy people self help books for Christmas? I mean, is oh yeah. I mean, yeah, yeah. Like it's 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 on like a lot of it's on like a lot of lists for in terms of like oh if you don't know what to get your colleague like get them I don't know like the four hour work week or something like that. Like it's one of those sort of like general things you sort of give to a male colleague that. Oh, you think, sorry, the book, the 
the four hour work week. Yes. I thought you meant like I, I I don't have the power to do that. Yeah. <laughs> I well, would love I would love to well, grant that is, my friends that is who the, work in offices. That's why I, I, I said it, and I was just kind of like, oh, actually, it'd be incredibly funny to give like an office worker the four hour work week on the basis as a gift yeah. <laughs> as a gift on the basis that like this is just never going to happen for you. Um, yeah, I've um, as a as a Christmas present to you, I've seized the means of production and I have changed the work week to four hours at your office. Yeah. Uh, now I leave it in your hands. <laughs> uh. But this book, Reframe Your Brain, um, I was not able to find a lot of reviews of this. I was not able to find an e-copy of this. So this is really just based on a synopsis and some examples that have been given by um, the kind of scattering of Scott Adams fans that I found online. But the idea is basically, hey, a situation has happened, but if you think about it differently, you can get different outcomes. It's like very boilerplate, like kind of office book that you sort of give to someone and they sort of throw it away like a month later wait this is cbt yes well i was i was so i was going to get onto this <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, that's what this is uh scott adams has reinvented cbt it's cbt but the cbt unfortunately has gone woke as we know <laughs> well so he's invented a non-woke cbt so there's something i don't know if you know well, we know here. what the t in cbt stands for <laughs> I don't know whether you know much about this, uh, Massey, because um, so Scott Scott Adams is really into hypnosis, right? Oh, he's the well, he's the I read I read his entire book, yeah. on persuasion mastery, right? And so this is very much in that vein, yes. and like mm-hmm. I was trying to read him. Immediate- he should have tried this on the uh, Penguin Random House commissioning editors. <laughs> should have tried his persuasion <laughs> tactics <laughs> on them. Mate. Just to like, just you know, just proof of proof of concept. <laughs> that's a that's a very good point. It's a good point, Scott Adams. Uh, what 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 are you doing? Okay, no, he okay. So he's really into hypnosis. The reason why I brought this out was because I was reading a Medium post where they're sort of getting into him talking about hypnosis, but then it just stops. And I tried to like breach the Medium.com paywall like multiple times, didn't work. I sort of gave up after like half an hour. Um, but. I imagine that this kind of like the way that he sort of structured this book is kind of comes out of that space. So, I've, so here are some examples that um, the like his favorable reviews give that are really an insight into how Scott Adams kind of thinks that you should see the world. So there is a usual frame and then there is a reframe. The usual frame, I guess, is like the way that you think the world or the way that the world is presented. And the reframe is how you how you should see the world as it is. So the usual frame, don't give something for nothing. Reframe. Giving triggers reciprocity on average. Usual frame, success depends on who you know. Reframe, success depends on how many people you know. Usual frame, social media is a form of entertainment. (laughs) Reframe, social media is an addiction. And then finally, and I think because this is a very funny one, usual frame, germs will harm me. Reframe, germs will make me stronger. Uh (laughs) Uh-oh. Oh, no. Wait, I I actually can't get past the success is who you know, but how many people you know? Like, I love the idea of just like marching up to, I don't know, uh, the White House and being like, well, I know 300 people. And that means uh, I should be elected yeah, the president. All those 300 people have sat on the table of success. I did, I did read this and I was speaking to myself as I was reading. This is something that another Adams, um, one Eric Adams uh, of New York mayoral fame, uh, maybe until today, we don't, we don't know like what's going to happen. Yeah, this is Adams collapse. But- They're like, this Adams singularity. <laughs> <laughs> that's Jesus, right. that's right. Uh, yeah, it's the Adams Instrumentality Project. Um, <laughs> so, the way that I kind of saw, like, based on these reviews, the way that I've kind of seen this, and just trying to think of Scott Adams a little bit, it really feeds into my mind to this idea that, like, what he's sort of saying is not this. This is sort of like boilerplate self-help to a certain degree, but it is also an insight into how his advice seems to be just project whatever you want onto the world right like ultimately your opinions are you know ultimately like you can sort of decide how the world works and so it can go from something like really kind of mundane to um oh like you see this you know something's happened to you at work why don't you sort of see this as an opportunity which like you know event is very very cbt but maybe it's maybe that can be useful for some people right so uh, it's not only CBT for racists, but it's also the secret for boys. Uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, it's it's that's literally what it is. It's the secret for boys. <laughs> I have a very fun story about the secret. Someone, so a teacher told me during the time when I was like kind of depressed and as a teenager, but um, no one sort of picked up on it. 
So they actually recommended that I read The Secret. Gave me a copy of The Secret. I I read um I I read like maybe a quarter of it, and the reason I stopped reading it was because uh I had just finished the section where one of the sort of examples that is given to prove that The Secret is a real thing is someone saying, um oh I was in like a busy parking lot and I just imagined um I just imagined someone like you know I imagined a parking space on the right hand side and I imagined it in like such a way that I deeply connected with the universe and lo and behold that parking space that exact parking space was there um and then I tried to do that and I crashed my car um (laughs) I crashed it wasn't even my car it was my parents car I was learning how to drive at the time wait here's a question did was the car then like towed somewhere no because it was like really minor basically I was sort of imagining this parking I was imagining this parking space. And so as a result, I did not put my foot on the brake. And so it just rolled into another car. And so okay. the damage was really minor because it wasn't really going at a high speed. But not only was that parking space not there, but I also ended up coming out worse out of that. And then I was just like, fuck the secret. Secret sucks. All my homies hate the secret. Gave it back to her. Have you tried maybe reading The Secret for Boys by Scott Adams? <laughs> well, maybe maybe that's what I'll do. I will, I will try that next time. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it does. It's like parts of it does, does do seem like CBT, but also parts of it, like you know, some of the more the, the sort of more extreme examples do point to this kind of really what is him trying to understand his own posters tendency, um, or at least sort of like an attempt to kind of make that feel normal. So I I don't know. Sorry, I was like I was just I was just nodding, agreeing. Yeah, put, yeah. <laughs> there's nothing there's nothing much to add. To I don't it, think there's there. any. Yeah, I mean, to to my mind, it is really just it is really just like I'm trying to understand Scott Adams as opposed to maybe maybe that's just not worth doing. But it does seem to my mind that like this is him trying to understand his own kind of online presence and just the trajectory it's gone down. Um, yeah, I mean, I think it is him, like quite literally, his like his career. He's still going to be rich forever, probably. Yeah, uh, because he made a lot of money in the nineties, um, like enough money that he never has to think about money again, and he lives in a castle. Dilbert's like a really Dilbert's still like wildly popular, right? Like, I I think so, and I think most normal people don't know about him. So, anyways, but I think as his like like so many right wing people that are online, his main thing is that he wants to he wants to say whatever he wants and still be loved yeah deeply and now that it like the sort of like social aspect of online is falling apart for him and has been for 10 years now um i think this is like him quite literally retreating into magical thinking mm. yeah I, yeah i know i think i think it is i mean per, like, calling in a welfare if, check on scott adams <laughs> like personally if i was going to be if i was going to be spending money on uh, on a book about manifestation, bearing in mind how much free material on this stuff is like is is available, should you should you wish to find it, um, I would I would be thinking very carefully about who I'm buying this book from. I would want it to be someone who is who is either at the top of their game or very much on the way up. I don't want to buy the manifestation book from someone on the way down. He's not a good advert for his for his manifestation <laughs> practices. Yeah, that's a really good point. I think if I wanted to learn about manifestation, I would just go up. I would just go to a bar and talk to a woman wearing flowy pants, <laughs> yeah. and just and just ask her about it and get a free lesson on it. But this is like, but this is manifestation for boys, right? So it's <laughs> that's different, true. So it's different. I mean, one thing I was like, so Scott Adams' like first book. Which is sort of again, which is I I'm I'm gonna get the title of it. Um Is it the Dilbert Principle or is there a previous one? Well, the one that he's selling as a two for one offer on his website is called it's called <laughs> How to Fail at Almost Everything and Still Win Big, the kind of the story of my life by Scott Adams. Um I have not I have not read the book, um, but from what I do understand, this is still this is I mean, most of his books up until now are still like Dilbert focused, like even that one, which isn't sort of overtly Dilbert focused, still kind of references, seems to reference it more often. Um, and, you know, this is Scott Adams' first attempt to kind of do uh, do a book along the lines of you know, do, doing like a self-help book for, I don't even know who his audience really is, but Reframe Your Brain very much relies on you being invested in Scott Adams, right? And 
the question that I really have is like, well, if Dilbert's really popular and like Dilbert merchandise is always going to be popular, not least because there is probably like a sizable percentage of Dilbert fans who do not really know what Scott Adams, Scott Adams is up to and don't really care what Scott Adams is up to. Um, Scott Adams is really betting that there is a sizable portion of his audience that are both Dilbert fans, but also much more invested in him living like the a lifestyle yeah, that isn't particularly Dilbert. So what? So what you're? So what you're? So what you're asking is why not capitalize on his existing extremely yeah, like strong brand he... awareness with Dilbert, and why not write a book about Dilbert? And manifestation. Why wouldn't you use the IP that you have together? Why, why wouldn't you make Dilbert like not? This is also another question. I didn't know whether we talked about this in the other episode, but like, why not make kind of Dilbert unwoke, like unwoke or like pilled by his standards? I don't know. Like, because from what I've seen of Dilbert, he's sort of just the same type of mundane office guy. But if I own oh, all no. the IP, oh, is he not? Okay. Oh, it's gotten Dilbert in the last I don't know three four years has gotten very. Uh, let's say didactic oh my God. about the things uh, Scott Adam <laughs> believes. Um, like every so often, I'll check in and I'll go to Dilbert's uh, and see what like the Dilbert is for that day. Yeah. And it's gotten very like you know, here's a a forty five day arc about the failure of DEI or whatever. Um, in a way that it used to be, yeah. like here's a an, like a you know average just fine satire about office life or like the boss is a dipshit. And now Dilbert appears to be like in management, <laughs> you know, like, right. okay, it's fully, uh, it's come around. Like it's, he no longer is capable, like so many right wing thinkers, yeah, of seven, like yeah. completely incapable of, of maintaining, uh, his artistic endeavor without making it about his own petty grudges. Yeah. Mm. But that's what, that's what artistic endeavors are for. Like, I'll defend that. I'll defend that as a position. <laughs> well yeah that's true i guess just right-wing petty grudges tend to be uh, uh uncomfortable to read and like sort of a turnoff for most normal people yeah but yeah. I, th I think i think the yeah i think the disconnect between particularly old dilbert comics and what scott adams is actually like as a person it is one of those things that even though everything you have to say about it is just completely true it also makes you feel like you are you are you are going slowly, very, very insane. Because like the idea of 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 like having this conversation with somebody who is familiar with Dilbert sort of, but like not familiar with the fact that the creator thinks that germs are all in your head. Is that is that what he thinks? <laughs> because because okay, okay. So there are some there are like there's some really, really diverse pathways in um and really some some really like exciting uh new material being produced all the time in the uh in the medieval medicine sphere amongst <laughs> these kinds of amongst these kinds of kinds of lads like scott adams and his scott adams and his pals and it's always really exciting when you like come across a new one so there's like there's one who doesn't believe in germ theory full stop and who says like if you can't see something it can't make you sick great love that i love that <laughs> um hussein and i have been trying to get um humors back into the conversation <laughs> um maybe like maybe leeches um, mm. I've I'm thinking seen... about uh, a little homunculus with the Dilbert glasses. <laughs> little homunculus with the Dilbert glasses. Loving that, loving that. Mm -hmm. So what I'm saying is, is he saying that um, like germs of all kinds, is this a kind of, is this a kind of interesting take on the principle of inoculation that a germ will like fundamentally like make you stronger, like in the end, or is he saying, or is he straying into the, into the into the germ theory uh kind of vapors and vapors and vibes space because i'd really like to keep an eye on that and see where he see where he lands up mm. yeah. you know it's it seems to me that he is just sort of more cynically mad about lockdowns still <laughs> you know like this seems like just like a herd immunity guy but i guess you, you could be a herd immunity guy and also be worried about the levels of black bile in your system there's no there's nothing mutually I don't, exclusive. I don't think there's anything to stop. I don't think there's anything to stop you, uh, stop you doing that. Um, I, I, re I really, really don't, th don't think there is. And so, so, re so this is quite. So this is so this so this is quite fun. Um, as some listeners, not all of them, but some listeners may know, I am expecting a baby, and as a result, 
Instagram and my other social media has worked out quite quickly that this has happened. And they have, so they've started to, to show me the most, uh, the most kind of bonkers alt health stuff I've ever seen in my entire life. I don't know why they, it thinks I want to see this, but, but it really, really does. But it does mean that I'm learning all kinds of, all kinds of mad new things. Um, one of them is, you should put uh, you should put beef tallow on your face. That one's true. Um, that that is true. That you is should true. do I've it. Into this. You should you should do that. Every, anyone should do it, really. <laughs> um, you should drink raw milk. That's a there's a big mm. there's a big big raw milk community going on what's on the, Instagram. What's the reason for drinking raw milk? Is it because you yourself are about to make milk? Oh, is it just sort of like a like a milk? No, no, no. That's such a great question. No, um, yeah. it's because, mm. and again, there's like, this is what I think people don't understand about people who make mad videos about alternative health for Instagram. I think that people don't understand what diversity of opinion there is. So there are some people who say, well, you should, ha- you should only have raw milk because processed milk has, uh, has lots, of, uh, lots of hormones and, and chemicals in it, and that's, oh, enough, sure. that's really bad for you. Um, there are some who say that it is like actively good to be ingesting the bacteria um, because anything, any kind of any kind of food guidance which suggests that you should be trying to like avoid the bacteria in raw milk is let me get this right. It's doctors tell you this because if it was known that all expectant expectant mothers require is raw milk then this will put doctors out of business now this feels like quite quite an american centric way of uh way of thinking about mm-hmm. thinking about prenatal medicine but it's but you know it's an ex, it's an exciting one for sure um <laughs> soft power baby <laughs> there was one which said that milk has um has trackers in it, but I don't think the person who made that video is very well. So um, mm. p- presumably because of because of drinking so much raw milk and putting so much beef tallow on their face, <laughs> they don't use they don't use sunscreen either. Well, that's what the beef tallow is for. That's what the beef tallow is for. Sunscreen has endocrine something or other in them, and then if people like, and then if people kind of gently push back on any of this stuff, they literally say like, okay, so your baby's going to be born with like four ears. Don't come crying to me. And uh, yeah, so it's really been really, really fun the last few months um, being shown this kind of stuff on a loop, absolutely unable to <laughs> to get it to do anything else. Um, and uh, yeah, so so I think that what I'm trying to say here is Hussein. I think you're right. I think he should have incorporated his IP into the secret for boys. Mm. I think he should have done that. Um, number two, I want to know where in the kind of the new health sphere uh, Mr. Adams is placing himself because I think he might be a very very good first customer for our bile rods that we've got coming out <laughs> next year in the 10k shop so keep an eye out for those um but also like all of this all of this stuff it's always like so frustrating because like there is such a thing as like doctors and even like large medical establishments like getting stuff wrong to the great detriment of their of their patients like this is a real thing that exists like like if if uh, regular milk was on like the level of thalidomide or whatever yeah. don't you think we would have heard about it perhaps? <laughs> don't you think we would maybe have maybe have heard about this um like like medical misogyny is a real thing medical like medical racism is a real thing trying to access healthcare as a trans person is like something out of a kind of like a kind of dis- like dystopian nightmare. It's actually um, fine. Everything's fine. It's actually fine. Okay, it's good. actually fine. I'm out, yeah, so, I'm, I'm here to say so that. Matty on the has confirmed that everything's it's fine. fine. It's fine and easy. There. And good. Um, good. Mm-hmm. Okay, so we've got that one sorted. Great. great. That's right. Um, fantastic. Great, great, great to hear it. And the way that the pharmaceutical industry is run is it like it is despicable. All of this stuff is like it's it's true, and it really really fucks me off. <laughs> When, 
mad grifters are like, okay, so what you should do instead is uh, never get vaccinations and uh, and you know and 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 drink like a bucket of listeria in the morning like with your hookworms or whatever. Like it's just it just winds me it winds me up a little. It grinds my gears. Grinds my gears. Yeah, I mean, this is you know <clears throat> not to get too talking about society on here, the post podcast, but you know, so much of it is just like, well, if there's so many obvious and actual problems with the medical establishment, for instance, uh, and nobody is offering a single solution, but is only making it worse everywhere on earth all the time. Mm. It just leaves a massive vacuum for people to provide an air quotes solutions. Yeah. You know, yeah. that are, that feels, are nothing. Feels bad. Feels, feels, it, feels, 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 feels very bad. It feels quite um, bad. I think we should make things better, not worse mm. as a society. Controversial. Term, I don't know. But... I don't know about you guys. What you think? <laughs> I, I don't know. That that sounds like pinko talk to me. I don't know. I'm not sure. Not so, sounds like, <laughs> not so sure. Sounds about like that. quite a lot of work. Ta- it sound, yeah, it sounds like. Oh, that, you know what? I actually hadn't thought about that. Yeah. But it is. But if you are short of short of cash this uh, gift giving season, you can just write down, "I give you the gift of the permanent revolution" on a piece of paper, and then just give it to <laughs> just give it to your friends and families uh, and family members. Because what can they do? Mm. Nothing. I don't, don't want to be branded as a reactionary you. at Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> they just they've just got to say they've just got to say thank you. Um, just finally, just finally, on unless unless Matty has anything more to share on a on friend of the show Scott Adams um, just sharing something quite interesting from the landing page of Dilbert.com <laughs> good great so the landing page now just says find out what happened to Dilbert and it just says where'd it go disgraced and cancelled cartoonist Scott Adams has moved his work and upgraded it to spicier versions it's too late to do a physical page a day calendar for 2024 this year because I parted ways with my publishers, but I do plan to offer a digital version to subscribers of Dilbert Reborn. Oh Dilbert yeah, I forgot about Unbound. I, f- I forgot about this. <laughs> Lads, Dilbert Unbound. <laughs> I forgot about Dilbert Reborn. Uh, on x.com, of course, and scottadams.locals.com. Calendars include older Dilbert comics traditionally, uh, but a subscription also gets you the daily Dilbert that is new. I don't know how to make those giftable, so you might want to pay for someone's subscription for a year. Another good idea for a present. Um, so if you want to have another look at uh, 10K's uh, gift guide, mm. um, we have some uh, some water-cohering wands. We have bile wands, and you can buy a subscription to, uh, to, Dilbert, mm. to Dilbert Reborn or a Dilbert Reloaded. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, so um, for $7 a month, which is actually, I suppose that's not that much. It's that, that's, actually not that, that's actually not that much. You know what? Yep. Fair, pl- fair play, Scott Adams, for, uh, for recognizing the material reality of most people's lives. Uh, and for $70 a year, so that's a substantial save if you get the year. That's a real savings. That's a real savings. That's yeah, Scott I mean. Adams thinking about kitchen table subjects, you know? Yeah. So that's the spicier version. Selected oldies, the new robots read the news comic, two live streams a day. <laughs> what? That's a lot of live streams. It's so much live streaming. Yeah. Scott, you're gonna burn out. Dilbert, like, if there's anything you should learn from Dilbert, be the the strip about office, the like mundane office life and existing within one. Surely it should. Yeah, it, it feels like this isn't this isn't a very Dilbert lifestyle. This isn't Dilbert mindset. Dilbert would not do two not live streams a day. <laughs> no, 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 he would not. Dilbert also- in the VR helmet, walking around twenty four seven. Also, micro lessons on success and lots of politics. Eric and Eric and Scott would get on so well. I mean, oh, r- r- I'm shocked they're not hanging I mean, out all the I'm, time. I mean, the kind of racism aside from Scott Adams, like if you if you put that to one side temporarily. I'm sure that Eric and Scott could have some things to talk about when it comes to success mindset. Yeah, like if Scott Adams was not, uh, and I don't, I can't confirm this with anything he said, but I, it feels so obvious to me that if Scott Adams were not too afraid of New York to come here, mm-hmm. uh, he, him and Eric Adams would get on great. Well, maybe they could meet halfway. That's true. I don't know where Scott Adams lives. I'm assuming the West Coast. It doesn't say. It doesn't it say. It doesn't, doesn't, doesn't offer a postal address. For some reason, I can't imagine. I, I can't imagine like- why. I would never abuse the privilege of having Scott Adams's uh, postal address. No, when I, I was uh, when my comics were first syndicated by like the U.S. syndicates, of which there's only one really, um, 
I had a landlord there and I was, I did ask them a lot of times if I could have Scott Adams's uh, phone number or uh, address and they wouldn't give it to me mm. despite having it. Um, because of what? Because, and I believe this is, I think, hold on, I'm just checking the email. They responded to me. They said it was because of woke. Yeah. It was because yeah. of woke. They wouldn't do it. Yeah. Okay. Well, were you um, looking up the dispatches from the woke central committee? That's right. Great. Okay. Um, do we have anything more to say about no. either either Scott or Scott or Eric Adams? I think we can leave it until the new year. I'm I'm interested in what his Christmas Christmas will be like. Yeah, um, I'm inter- I'm interested yeah. to see what his, so, what his Christmas so we, day live when, uh, when Eric like. Adams is removed from office in like a week, you can have me back on and talk about Eric Adams again. <laughs> okay, yeah, well that that, that 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 sounds like a good idea. Um what I would like to do is we did promise a, a third segment on another on another well-known Adams. Mm. Uh, John Adams, John Quincy Adams, not interesting enough. To be honest with you, all of the famous Adams that I can think of are just they're not that interesting. They just do their, you know, they do they do their jobs. You got your Ansel Adams, you got your Amy Adams, you got your Victoria Adams. They're not really that there's nothing really kind of exciting. What about Adam, the first man to live? Adam the first man to live, would you call him an Adams? Mm. This is, I think this is an edge case. But I have, I have found, I have found something. I have found something which is uh, uh, just a little, just a little fact from Phoebe's fact bag, which is uh, Will I Am from the Black Eyed Peas, mm-hmm. whose real name is William Adams, so he counts. I, he's a member of the Adams family. Yeah, no, let's family. Let's, okay. let's do Will I Am at some point. I feel I, I'm so fascinated in a really kind of <laughs> morbidly curious way as to Will I Am, like to Will I Am, his celebrity, and just like the trajectory that he went down in terms of trying to become a tech guy i don't know whether he's still trying to do that but okay wa- so this is actually this is actually great because this is actually was going to be my will i am fact okay which is that in a in 2011 intel who are a proper tech corporation they're not like they're not like made up they're not, yeah, they, <laughs> they're not like yeah, you they know. build military microchips they're, 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 they're doing some stuff. They're doing. They've got. They've got their chips and their processing systems and so on. In January two thousand and eleven, Intel named Will I Am as director of creative innovation with input in developing smartphones, tablets, and laptops. And that's why we're all using Intel <laughs> smartphones why, today. And that's why uh, he expanded his forays into iPhone accessory development. He announced plans to release a camera enhancer by effectively making the 8 megapixel sensor into a 14 megapixel one. That didn't work. He has helped design smartwatches. He, he, also, inqu- he also acquired uh, uh, Wink, the Internet of Things, and Smart Home Hub Platform. Internet of Things. Now that's a thing. That's a phrase I haven't heard in a long time. <laughs> yeah, that's, 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 I that's, guess when you when your name is a URL, you do have to lean into it. Yeah, yeah. I think you do. I think you do have to. I think you do have to. Um, <laughs> I just che- I just checked and it does work. <laughs> he died. You can like literally that's, type his name into your search bar, and it will go to will. I. I. He must have thought he was so smart doing that. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Before we go into a rabbit hole, let's revisit this because I. Okay. I want to find out I, a lot more. I, I, I do have one more. Okay, one, have one more. One more go which on. is that he announced that he was going to found a car company. Um, but what this car company actually is is they are a they are a tune up company. So what they do is they take existing cars and like fuck around with them and like paint like kind of paint them ugly colors and like kind of install kind of install speakers and like that like that sort of thing and like kind of weird like kind of weird wheel rims. And that is just so fun to me because that is like just to connect it to the fact that Scott Adams has written a book which is like the secret for boys. This is like one of those like like kind of decorating kits but for but for boys mm. like this is like you know like you know like these th- those things you used to be able to get where it's just like this huge like huge box and there'd be like beads and sequins and like little flowers and butterflies and like what you would do is you would like drive your family insane by like just like sticking these little kind of decorations, like just to every fucking thing in the house. And you yeah. could also get like, sh- you could get like shell kits where you could like glue shells to things. And it gets like, and, it, and it's really like compulsive. 
as as a kind of as a thing to do like once you re- once you start getting into like gluing sequins to things you just like start looking around being like i want to i want to glue some more sequins things in this house are not sequin enough they're not sequin enough give me something just give me something to glue and i feel like will i am's car enhancement company is the boy version of that yeah, I think it's I'm so just, important. Just doing a bit of gender essentialism there. Yeah, yeah, no, I just think it's really important that boys finally have something. Mm. Yeah, because <laughs> what, what else do they have at this point? Yeah, no, very little. That is true. Because of because of what? That is because true. of what? That is true. And Scott Adams knows that. We're we're wrapping up this segment on the Adams <laughs> on, on the on the Adams <laughs> today, uh, but we will return to it in the new year with some more Adams fact. And also, I, we are going to do Will I Am like that. That has I completely forgot, but that has to happen. But look, I've got I've got a little treat for us. Um, because it is nearing the end of the year. And uh, I thought we would talk about a post that we were supposed to talk about last week, but we got derailed by another American guy. Uh, you can listen to that uh, on our feed. Um, I want to talk about a Charlie Brown post. Uh, it was posted by a guy called Cam uh, in 2020. He says, people, they say, people on here will tweet anything. Charlie Brown had hoes. No, he didn't. That's not true. Um, so here's so here's the context of this. Uh, do you need con- like it was posted in August 2020, and the observation was just like people just sort of say anything. Um, and so the idea that like Charlie Brown had hose, and from what this tweet implies, this is not the case. I have not read enough peanuts to know whether Charlie Brown ever had romantic relationships or relationships at all. But Matty, you sent me a couple of things which yeah. kind of feed into the Charlie Brown law. So before we go into like the broader sort of you know the, the the kind of broader things i've been thinking about in relation to this tweet and just you know lying and bullshit online can you please like settle this for us like what is the status on charlie brown and uh whether or not he has had uh dalliances or relationships or anything of uh a- anything pertaining to uh, uh uh romantic feelings towards anyone yeah i think uh, I would say, and it's sort of like, so there's an early strip that somebody found that I saw getting passed around where there's, I think another girl, I believe her name was Violet, who appeared in a lot of early strips uh, where she appeared to be mad at Charlie Brown for, uh, you know, basically ghosting her, uh, which mm-hmm. someone was sharing as evidence that Charlie Brown did in fact have hose. I would say sort of early Peanuts was, you know, Peanuts ran for an insanely long time, like 50 or 60 years, I think. Um, I don't know the number top of my head, but it was a long, long running strip. Um, and the early strips are like many comic strips, very different from what sort of became the canonical version that everybody's familiar with, that they made TV movies out of, like all that stuff. So I would say in the sort of like canonical hardened Charlie Brown that we all know and love that gets made into Thanksgiving Day floats and things, uh, that Charlie Brown uh, was like an unlucky loser yeah. that nothing good ever happened to. So for to to frame him as some sort of player at all, um, I would say is uh, false and misleading. Wow. And that's your that's your Charlie Brown uh, update. That, that's the Charlie Brown law for us, right there. Yes. So he, so he had no hose. Well, not even one. You know, he he had friends that were women yeah, but, or girls, um, but nobody was ever like, "I'm." I think there was one girl in like one of the TV movies that was very like into Charlie Brown, but he was not like in any sense, you know, like a player. That seems like very antithetical to the sort of aura of Charles Brown. Mm, the aura and the aura and ethos of, of Charles Brown. That's right. I have a, I have a, I have a <laughs> oh, question. you've read my book. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. I have a, I have a question, Matty. It is mm. a question about, um, I'm guessing old timey American expressions. Yes. So I'm just reading about the other, the other young women of the peanuts universe. There's a, there's a weird thing about Violet being of upper class mentality compared to the other characters who were middle class. I don't know how, that's being put over, but um, but I'm in, but I'm interested to know. And yeah, uh, I don't, I don't know, I don't know how, how she was. I mean, it's probably in dress, uh, mostly because it's the comic strip, and that's how you get a lot of. Yeah, well, I don't know. I'm, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm looking, looking at. I'm looking at a picture of her. She looks like she's wearing a pretty normal dress. Doesn't. Look, yeah, I don't know. Doesn't look very upper class to me. Uh, well, that's not. That's not. That's not my query. My query okay. is. So Violet gets sort of slowly kind of sidelined and then she gets reduced to cameo appearances and then gets sort of just basically more or less replaced by by her friend Lucy. 
Mm-hmm. Now, I'm just reading about the characterization of, of Lucy from Peanuts. Okay. And it says here that she is characterized as a fuss budget. Mm. What's mm-hmm. a fuss budget? Um, a fuss budget is just, uh, I think, just like a fussy person. Like, I think fussy is short for fuss budget. What? <laughs> I... <laughs> I want to look this up. <laughs> what? Fussy is not short for fuzz budget. Maybe, maybe it is. It, no, fussy is so. Fussy means someone who makes a fuss. It's yeah. So, uh, so if I'm looking this up, um, a fuss budget is like a grumpy person, a fusser, a fusser <laughs> who complains. It is a compound word of of the word fuss to mean bustle, commotion. You know. Yeah. Uh, and apparently, uh, and, and is budget, early as in, as in appar- funds or expenses. Apparently, it was popularized uh, in the in the comic strip Peanuts by being associated with the character Lucy Van Pelt. Okay, so this so is we're back where we started. Is, so, we're, so we're right back where we started. This is a kind of Ouroboros of um, <laughs> okay. So fuss budget is downstream of fuss. Okay, sure. I don't know what the etymology of the word fuss is. That could be from anything. Why not? Why not? But this is the whole point. We're going back to the original premise of the tweet, which is people just do say anything, and like just <laughs> adver- adverses it. And I, and I think I think there's there's like there's something really interesting in this because like I see I see where it's going, and it's it's made me think a little bit because we've been talking about lying on like the past few episodes and like what like how we sort of constitute lying and um the different kinds of lying that you experience while being online. But it's like made me also think about the way that the internet is right now, uh, although albeit like this is certainly not like a contemporary phenomenon. I think every, I, I remember so much of sort of my online life being about like sort of like navigating lies, right? Whether, you know, in the early forum days where like I certainly was a liar on forums um, and I certainly did like interact with other people who were probably also liars. Uh, but now sort of in an online climate where you know, it. I, I, I don't know how best to describe this other than to be like, I, I feel like every time I go online, and I don't know about you guys, but like whenever I go online, I feel like I have to confront lies of a certain type every time I go on, be it in terms of like news and misinformation, be it just like posts that you sort of see that seem kind of like, yeah, I'm not quite sure if this person is quite telling the truth, um, but also like a whole economy around reacting to those lies. Like we talked a little bit about like the didn't happen of the year awards and like, the sort of ingrained misogyny built into that, but sort of more broadly, like people who kind of assume that if you say anything online, you aren't really being genuine. So if someone, you know, there are lots of examples of people kind of saying fairly like normal things along the lines of like, oh, you know, someone sort of, you know, kind of verbally assaulted assaulted me on public transport, or, you know, I got racially abused by someone. And, you know, in those replies, especially as those posts kind of get more traction, you don't it doesn't take very long for people to just immediately accuse someone of being a liar um yeah and also just like i guess this broader thing too about like you know and i it, it's not to sort of like issue any blame or any sort of kind of you know moral judgment or anything but more just this it, it's very interesting to sort of be in an online environment where no one really trusts each other but we sort of have to figure out our own comforts around sort of being lied to but also existing on platforms that which themselves are kind of built on lots of different types of lies i don't know if i'm making any sense um but i I, like to my mind like this tweet really distills like a certain aspect of kind of people being aware of the fact that like lying is very much part and parcel of being online um but in this instance sort of being like okay at what point does a lie just go too far like at what point can you just say, okay, this is complete bullshit. I'm putting an end to it right now. Charlie Brown did not have hose. You know, I think that to me so much, you know, people just don't want to believe stuff that they see that is even not clearly not alive that doesn't like fit in with their worldview or a point they're trying to make or whatever. But to me, the the Charlie Brown having hose statement is more about people just having like a wild take on something right. and just saying sort of, whatever the fuck about it. Um, it's like, it's almost more about bad faith reading mm. or maybe I'd say to me, if that makes sense. Mm. Mm. How do you apply a bad faith reading to Charlie Brown having hose? Well, it's more about like, or not bad faith reading, but just like people will read something completely out of context and then just go post 
whatever about it. Mm-hmm. Know yeah. what I mean? Saying that Charlie Brown had hose feels like very much on the on the low harm end of the spectrum yeah. for the people just That's right. the people just say anything because, like, if anything, like it's quite an affirming thing to say about Charlie Brown. Like it's may- like it's maybe not true. It's maybe not backed up by the text, but. It's still, it's like quite a supportive thing to say. That's true. A positive lie. It's a positive lie. Yeah. It's like, it's the kind of lie that if the fictional drawing little guy, Charlie Brown, were to see it somehow, if the act of drawing, drawing a little kind of humanoid figure does indeed give it a consciousness. I, as a cartoonist, I hope not. I hope mm, that isn't happening to me. Yeah. That, that, <laughs> I, I have to, I have to say, have you ever have you ever read the Book of Beasts, Matty? Uh, no, I'm not familiar with that. The Book of Beasts is a E Nesbit, I think, novella, or maybe like maybe like a kind of very long short story about a child king. Know how I love a lo- know how I love a child king. That's like my favorite, my favorite shit. That's what I think has gone wrong with the world that we don't have boy kings anymore. Yeah. Because now it's all like if like a if like a country that has a royal family, if the if the kind of the big if the big big honcho, the big kahuna dies, if the next person in line happens to be like a kind of a, a sort of round cheeked ten year old boy, then they're not gonna be king. Oh, you're saying you gotta crown the boy. And I think that's a real mistake. Yeah, I think you, you gotta put cr- the- you gotta you gotta crown the boy. Stick Put a the crown. cape on the boy, have the boy hold the scepter. <laughs> yeah. stick, a, stick a crown on that boy. The boy regnant is what you want. Boy regnant, yeah. We need we need like more countries run by very boys. very spoiled boys. <laughs> I think that is that's my that's a my scepter in one hand and a big lollipop in the other. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> Bring back the boy king is my that's my that's my program okay. for um for for social change that um which you can but you can uh, uh, buy access to we've uh, we've published it as a manifesto so keep an eye out for that in the 10k store next mm. year um <laughs> yeah you can get you can buy you get a free copy of that every time you buy our raw milk uh, yeah. that we're also going to be producing yeah. uh yeah uh, I've, I've got a cow it's in the back it's in okay. the back garden it look, hates yeah. it look, po- look pod- podcasting is going through some difficulties like but we haven't been able to find a mattress company that's been willing to sponsor us but we did find yeah, this so one was, so we did buy we bought a cow we bought a cow instead it's the 10k cow um <laughs> it's being treated for, it's being treated very well but so far it's not producing that much milk i think it's something to do with the time of year um but in the book of beasts this boy yeah this, this boy king, oh you're talking about a book that's yeah, we're talking about the, we're talking about we're talking about this story in the Book of Beasts. Boy King uh, finds finds a book that belongs to his eccentric uh, belongs to his eccentric recently dead grandfather who was the king, uh, who wasn't interested in being a king because he he sold all he sold all of his kingly jewels and spent them all on books. And among them is this book called the Book of Beasts, which you mustn't open because the creatures rendered therein come alive if you open the book mm. and okay and obviously he does it because he is a boy king and oh, the boy king will not take advice from their from their courtiers and their chancellors and yeah and 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 chaos ensues and if charlie brown <laughs> has been imbued with the magic from the book of beasts and has some kind of consciousness and is maybe feeling dispirited about his lack of hose. If he saw someone saying Charlie Brown had hose, then maybe that's gonna that's gonna be like that's gonna be a really good like self-esteem boost. Like it's like, yeah, fine, it's a lie, but it's not a lie that's hurting anyone. That's a great point. Mm. Great I think I think that's a great point. I'm really happy with that point. Yeah, I think that's uh that's be- that's a beautiful thought. Mm. Uh I'm, I'm also now like a little freaked out by the idea that Charlie Brown has some kind of consciousness as well. So. I don't want to think about that um, at all. About that, no. As uh, someone who draws a lot of little drawings, mm. uh, the idea of one of them being alive uh, is terrifying to me because that's too much responsibility. Mm. I've got one elderly cat, and that's all I want to be able to care about. <laughs> um, and a wife? You got a wife? I got a wife, but she's not my responsibility. No, she's not your responsibility. No, that's fair. She's just uh, <laughs> I'll allow that. <laughs> yeah, just uh, my wife. Um, 
You don't, but, uh, feed, you don't feed your wife. I mean, I feed, I'll feed my wife. You'll feed your wife. I made dinner last night. I made uh, tabaki with uh, kale and mozzarella. It was really good. That sounds really good. Oh, that does sound good. Sounds yeah, it's good. from, yeah, yeah. Hattie McKinnon, uh, great <laughs> recipes. Um, shout out to the book Tenderheart and its great recipes therein. Um, a book that I wish I could open and the recipes would just come out as full food. Um, no, the, so, but like the idea of, uh, lies really who's saying that you were getting it originally is fascinating to me in terms of like the amount of shit we see on a daily basis yeah. with like video evidence yeah. and people under it like debating whether or not it's real mm. um is only going to get worse and i think the sort of like massive context collapse that's existing mm. everywhere for a while now yeah is, is probably partially to blame where people just don't um yeah I- I I think I think I know where you're coming at, and only because one of the things I was sort of thinking about is, and again, this is very much like okay, if we if we're online and we sort of have to accept by being online, we have to accept certain we have to we all it's not that we necessarily have to accept it, but it's more just the idea that we've all sort of grown accustomed to the fact that like every interaction we have online will sort of be mediated by or at least sort of peppered with some kind of lie or fabrication. Um, and so does the Charlie Brown, does like a Charlie Brown post or in some people's cases, they, it's a Charlie Brown had hose type tweet. Um, does that occupy something else? Like not necessarily like a lie, but more of like, I guess a context collapse might be a better way to describe it, but just something that is kind of like this kind of created out of, but then I, I, I think about this, I'm like, well, it's the to- sort of Charlie Brown had hose tweet is not kind of created out of thin air. It is one of those types of, you know, bizarre, sometimes mundane like pop culture debates that kind of people have and it's like sort of reminiscent of forums like when people just used to sort of say shit and they would do that because it was kind of fun to do right like i again i i was very much this type of person who would go on forums and make up shit knowing that it would just like make people mad or make people like you know find it funny or whatever um but also sort of understanding like this is the internet and like that's kind of what happens here I wonder whether looking at looking like a Charlie Brown type tweet is really looking at a different kind of thing. It's not really understood as a lie or a fabrication, but it is understood as like just something that is so like evidently incorrect that it invites people to just treat it like something else. I don't know because like again, yeah, I think you're completely right to the degree that you know we deal with like misinformation all the time and like the most frustrating misinformation or people just like outright denying things that are happening in the world and where there are video evidence and where and and like maybe this is also about reaction too. like when i sort of see these types of threads or like posts on instagram or twitter and stuff where um you know and you end up like going into the comments and you see these like endless debates or like where people are trying to like tell someone who like just refuses to believe what they see like what what everyone else is seeing with their own eyes but like yeah this is like a war crime where and it is happening and they Mm -hmm. just refuse to do um that person will just like stop engaging like after a certain point and i don't know what i don't know how much this is related to like winning online debate or trying to sort of like ascertain or at least sort of like assert truthfulness in any form but the Charlie Brown thing almost seems like something invented to like kind of have a perpetual type of online debate where both parties yeah. sort of know it's not really going to lead anywhere. So if you're like going to go into that, you are going into that knowing that you're going to waste hours of your life debating something completely meaningless. And perhaps that's kind of fun. I don't know. Like I used to find that yeah, fun. wild speculation. I used, with fu- the, I used to find yeah. that stupid shit fun when I was younger. And maybe that's it. Like there is kind of a type of lie where you know it's bullshit but you might kind of have a laugh with it and it's a very different kind of lie to some people compared to like the really awful and heinous shit which fills everyone's timelines and for which like the stakes are much much higher and where there are sort of very real political implications in either sort of denying those things or trying to assert those or in trying to change people's minds i don't know Mm. no no no. i think like i think it's very important to like draw a line between the between the kind of category genres of this kind of of this kind yeah. of online behavior. wild pop culture or sports speculation seems to be the Charlie Brown having hose yeah. phenomenon, um, you know, or like someone just saying like something really out of pocket about a group of people in terms of like oh like so and so kind of people you know there's people getting arguments about like 
oh, uh, every type of person that's this way makes you take your shoes off when you go in their house. And it's like, you can't just, you know, people just love to make shit up to like flood the zone with mm. uh, whatever. Shoes off. Shoes off. Yeah. Shoes, shoes off. off. Shoes everybody. off in the house. Shoes off. I don't want to mop. I don't want to mop. That's Make the last thing mop. I want. Is that what I want to do with my one wild and precious life? Mop? Mop? I have a. I got to put my broom in the sink. How do you do I, that? I, I, I moved into a new place and the mopping. people who used to live there, they were the types of people who never took their shoes off. As in, when we went to go see the house, um, one of the guys who was living there, like well, the sort of husband that was living there, was lying on his bed with his shoes on. And I feel like I can, I can sort of understand to a degree, okay, yeah. fine. If you don't want to take your shoes off in the house, fine. But like, you should at least take it off when you're laying on your bed, right? Like that. Yeah. You see somebody's shoes on in the bed. That's like Kubrick's stair level of like, this person is deranged and sick and like <laughs> having a problem mentally. This person, this person thinks that not only does Charlie Brown have hose, but that Charlie Brown has enough of a, a separate independent consciousness to be able to understand whether or not he has hose. What I was going to say was like, <laughs> when you live in a house like that, or when you move, it was, when we moved into our, that house on our first day, like, the smell that comes out of that is just really weird and it's very undescribable, but like it's like four different types of sour smells. Like I imagine it's probably what it smells like Ooh. when raw milk goes off. Mm. Well, we can actually we can actually tell you that as soon as the 10k cow <laughs> begins <laughs> begins breeding. Ten, that's right. 10 yeah. cow with a K. Yeah, that's right. That's the, the, the 10 cow. The 10 cow, yeah. 10 cows and posts. Very good. Very good. Cont <laughs> contention for possible titles. <laughs> Um, I'm conscious about I'm conscious <laughs> about time here, so I wanted to ask, like, well, well, I guess like it's like whether you had any final thoughts on this. But one of the I, I thought like we could sort of end it just by sort of talking about the things that are interesting, like one of the other aspects of this post, which is interesting, which is just the line people here will tweet anything, and I think you sort of touched on that on the basis that you know this tweet also comes out of like a much broader context of you know lots of I think the, I think the one that I was remembering when I was writing this was that tweet about. Um, a sort of grandma standing in line for an election and like this tweet I can't remember what it was called I'm sure like people who are very online sort of know what I'm referencing but the idea was that like this extraordinary thing that probably wouldn't have happened in real life or at least an interaction that like you just wouldn't really expect to see in an election situation uh and it, and it sort of ends with like, and then everybody clapped. This sort of, I... Oh, no, 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 yeah. no. I, yeah, know the, I know exactly the original which, which post you're talking about. It is the which, which, line, which line to leave ah, the EU yes. because that's how referendums yeah. work. You just queue up and then right, someone right, just right. like kind of yeah. wanders in and just sort of measures it by eye. Like uh. on Ready, Steady, Cook. Um, and apparently this, for example, apparently this elderly lady said, "Is this the cue? Is this uh, is this the cue to leave the EU?" Um, and a cheer went up, and this was roundly mocked. Yeah, uh, as a as 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 a as a as a probable as a probable lie. I think, like part of it as well, and I don't know how I don't know what you two feel about this. Is part of it is when people tell a sort of ridiculous lie as as like a joke, like. Uh, like um, much mi much missed much missed friend of the show Dawn Foster, who a few a few a few years ago posted something like yeah it was in like it was in it was in two thousand and fourteen and she posted I can't believe it's twenty years <laughs> it's twenty years since George Orwell wrote nineteen eighty four and like people were genuinely like genuinely mad at her <laughs> because. <laughs> <laughs> like because of this like people are sort of saying like uh no this is actually like incorrect and she's like i know it's incorrect it's a, it's a joke it's it, like it's a joke and we've and we've been talking about this since we started doing this show like how many people cannot cannot recognize when someone is joking and they really really can't recognize when someone is joking if they don't like the person who's doing it and there was a really good example of this a, a few days ago when Darren Grimes, who is not somebody who is not somebody that I am particularly a fan of or like inclined to defend, uh, posted something about how uh, how disgusting it was that Kirsty McColl wasn't at Shane McGowan's funeral, uh, like you know, sort of sort of sort of typical typical typical, le typical left wing hypocrisy. Mm. And people were like losing their minds over this and being like, look, he's such a fucking idiot. He, of course she would be there if she, if she could. Or like, do you, do you know why she wasn't there? And it's like, of course he knows why 
you fucking dickhead. It's a, it's clearly like a, a not, a, a not very pleasant joke about them both no longer being with us. That's, it's, it, it, it's yeah. that's, that's the, that's reading, the framing. You don't reading comprehension to, is. You don't have to like. Lately. You don't have to like the fucker. Yeah. To recognise that he meant this as a joke, and it's not because he didn't know that Kirsty McColl was no longer alive, mm. presumably. But something that I've started to spot, and again, something that I was talking about to Matty just the other day, is for on for sketches, either on TikTok or on Instagram Reels, people have started to explain what a sketch is in the uh, in the in the video description there. That's a new thing that I've spotted happening. And I guess it's to like attempt to at least stem some of the of the people like losing their shit because they don't understand what a joke is in the comments. And in, in all fairness, it, it sort of doesn't really work because people people read that and they go, oh, OK, fine. This is meant to be a joke. And then they still respond to it like it's meant to be serious. And the the best one I saw of these, I wish I could remember the creator who who did it. it she's it's it's she's re- she's really she's really really funny, and she made the and she made this and she made this video which is called "This is what this is what to me as an Arab woman is cheating," and then it's just like a list of increasingly escalatingly like ridiculous scenarios that she is like pretending to think is cheating um and like one of them is like why do you have female cousins what do you need them for <laughs> what are that like what are they for why do you why do you have why do you have a sister mm, weird of you weird of you to have a sister like like like, like, like yeah, that kind of sure. stuff and the comment and she did and she did the little kind of description which literally uses the word satire. It's got the word satire in the description, and still the comments are full of of being people like you. You seem like really, really difficult. You seem really hard work. I pity anyone who ends up with you. If you think that him having female, kind, you are so you are controlling. You are toxic. You are this. You are, and it's like what mm. we could apply a little. Susan of Occam's Razor here, and I think this is what is going on with the Charlie Brown had hose. Like if someone posts Charlie Brown had hose, you don't need to engage with that like it's serious. You can engage with that like that's a pretty light-hearted thing to say. <laughs> yeah. And if like someone I said, handed me a, a Susan thing to say. <laughs> yeah, if someone handed me a Susan of razors at a restaurant, <laughs> I'd send it back. <laughs> <laughs> and, I, and I think on that note, uh, probably a good place to end it, at least for now. Uh, we'll probably, we will probably revisit Liars in many more capacities uh, in future episodes. Uh, but until then, Massey, thank you so much for being with us. Thank you so much for uh, talking to us at length, more length than any person should, about Scott Adams. Uh, we're very excited to have you back to continue, uh, conti- to continue uh, trying to understand him and his journey. Until then, uh, how can people get more Matty if they want more Matty? Uh, you can find me on basically any social media platform. Uh, I'm easy to find. Lipchansky is my handle most places. Um, and you could also get my book, which is out in stores now. It's called Boys Weekend. And um, every page at the bottom has a description telling you what each page means and what's funny about it uh, and what a comic strip is. <laughs> um, and each character is alive and you'll hurt their feelings if you don't. That's get right. Book. Yeah. So, so, get, mm-hmm. so get that book unless uh, and if you don't, then you're a bad person. Uh, Matty, thank you so much. Uh, thank you for listening. Thank you for listening you for to this me. episode of Ten Thousand Posts. Uh, we have a Patreon with lots of good bonus content. Patreon.com forward slash Ten K Post Podcast. Five bucks a month. It means that you can help us to run the show, do it without ads, stay editorially independent, and it also just helps us kind of do what we do. So we really appreciate you if you do support us. And if you don't, maybe have a think about it. Uh, there's also there's like lots of very good stuff on there. But if you have a very limited amount of money and uh, you would like to do something useful with it, we also have links to. Um, we also have links to various funds for Gaza. Uh, do consider supporting that if you can do that. Uh, all the links are there, and as you know, I, I don't need to go into any detail about like the intensity of the situation over there. All is which to say that support, both in terms of visibility and funds, is very much needed. Um, Phoebe, do you have any? Do you have any plugs? 
uh yeah you can subscribe to my Substack. yeah do donate do donate to uh to the links below uh if you are able to uh but also if you would like to subscribe to my Substack, you can do that for free i'm writing on that for free at, at the moment i will return to doing i'll return to doing paid uh longer pieces in the new year i haven't been able to do any work because of you know being being up the pole <laughs> um and if you think i'm not going to be using that as an excuse for work again uh, i'm i'm i've got some bad i've got bad i've got bad news for you um running a kind of build a bear workshop here yeah so you can subscribe to my Substack. you can listen to my other podcast that i do with milo edwards which is called masters of our domain which is findable places and the link to my Substack will be below i actually do have a rare plug I, I completely, for, I, I completely oh, forgot. Oh, I have one plug. Ooh, I wrote, oh, a plug I from know, Mr. Kazwani. Well, I don't really have anything to usually plug because I, 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 I don't. Well, beyond beyond the shows. Um, but that being said, uh, sorry, I my my I have stumbled over my words. However, if you live in the UK, um, and you have a WH Smith nearby, you can buy a copy of The Fence. And if you buy a copy of The Fence in the December edition of 2023, you will find an article that I wrote. It is about, um, it is about aggrieved doggers and uh, the fact that they are losing one of their favorite dogging sites to uh, redevelopment. It is a heartwarming story, in my opinion, or not necessarily heartwarming, but I think there were like definitely sad bits. And uh, we all came together to say, fuck landlords. Uh, so in which case, uh, if you're interested in Matt, um, do consider purchasing it and uh, reading it. Or if you don't want to purchase it, you can read it in the WH Smith. They can't kick you out. I do it all the time. Um, yeah. Bye, 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 bye. They can, I mean, they, 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 they can kick you they, out. They but... usually won't. They usually won't. Um, they might not. Yeah. They really might not. You can, but they you can, can open up a copy that. of it they and can, shake your head to show you disagree and then put it back and go out. Um, yeah, so could you consider buying the fence if you don't already? Uh, hopefully, we'll be online at that point, so there might be a link in the show notes. If not, it will be on when it's online. And then finally, this show is produced by Devon. Follow them at Devon underscore on Earth. Listen to Kill James Bond if you don't already. It's a very good podcast that Devon does with Alice and Abigail Thorne. Uh, yeah, it, I'm sure many of you listen to that already. I'm going to end the show because I'm stumbling over my words once again. See, you, I'll, I'll see. You, we'll see you next time. Have a good one. Bye. 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 <laughs>